It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast Survivor News Edition Post Season 45 Episode 350 Post Season with Jake O'Kane. I serve as your humble and oh so gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this post-season Survivor News interview. If you could be so kind to ensure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe. And as always with your Survivor News content, you can watch this audio podcast on video. Just head over to YouTube, type in Bryce Isaiah, find the Bryce Isaiah channel, click subscribe, give this video a thumbs up, and let us know in the comments what you think. When DZ, Jack, and myself are really excited to conclude our post-season 45 interviews, and we've got the man, Jake O'Kane. He is such a hilarious person, and this interview was so fun. We really get to dive into what life at Bello was like for Jake. We also really get to really kind of understand and see his strategies. I think Jake is an amazing player, and I am for sure we will see Jake on a returning season sometime soon. But listen, let's get into this Survivor News postseason with Jake O'Kane. Survivor News. 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 Dot dot dot. And keeping our Survivor News postseason coverage, the baby boys have reunited again. We're here with Jack Atkins, Wendy Holland. But listen, we don't really care about them right now. We have the man, the myth. The man who lives in the attic from season 45, Jake O'Kane. Jake, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? I'm doing great. Is this baby girl meets the baby boys? Is that I, what I, this is? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely so. <laughs> How has your off season been? How have you been reacclimating to life? You know, it's 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 been a time. I got a new job recently, so I'm going into my third week on the new job, uh, mixing it up. I'm no longer a prosecutor. I'm a divorce attorney now. I also do criminal defense work as well. So new experiences. It's been, it's been fun, though. It's decompression a little bit of the show. It's been really cool. And then all the response from fans and everything after has been really cool. And now we're getting all this 46 stuff, which is fun. Yeah. How do you feel about that, man? Like, I mean, you guys had one of arguably one of the greatest seasons that we've seen definitely in a while. But now, like, 46, they're coming. So, like, is there do you feel some kind of way or what? You know what? When I was like coming back from Fiji, I was thinking, all right, if you're ranking new era seasons and like what the fans think, like I thought we were going to be smack in the middle, but as the season kept going, I think the 90 minutes really helped us out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, now 46 gets those 90 minutes too. So that's <laughs> like, are we still going to be that good? 
I don't know. We'll find out. But, like, I think we got a great cast in our season. But looking at the 46 guys, they look like they got some really cool people in there. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm happy with our season, you know. But you still want to be the best, you know. Sometimes I wish Ghost Island had 90 minutes, for real, for real. But (laughs) I think Ghost Island gets too much crap. I'm not trying to play K to you. I think it's a fun season, especially if you're fancy in those – old advantages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dom should have won, but you know, that's just <laughs> <not personal. laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, honestly, if, if 46 somehow exceeds 45, I mean, that's a great problem for the survivor community to have. Exactly. And speaking of survivor community, Jake, I'd love to know, like, what is your level of the Survivor fandom? Are you at the Brandon Donnellan level? Are you a casual fan? Or do you seen the show a time or two before you went on? Yeah, so I've seen all the seasons. I thought, like, I listened to, like, the podcasts and stuff, too, like, before I went out there. Like, e- like just before I was even in the casting process. Like, I thought I was a pretty big fan. And then I met, like, Brandon and Brando, and they're, like, ordering stuff off the, uh, you know, the auction that they have at the end of the season with the props. And I'm like... I just might search Survivor Wiki every once in a while. Like, I'm not buying any of this stuff, you know? But I, I would go to, like, an event. If it, was in, if it was in Boston, like, I'd go to events and stuff. You know, not a lot, but. Did you? I, I would you say a, I'm a big fan. Post-COVID, there were a lot of, like, COVID fans. Like, they binged the whole thing. Were you a fan for, like, decades? Oh, yeah. So I started watching um, One World. So, like, what was that, 2012? And then, like, that was kind of, like, I kind of half-ass watched that. But then, like, Philippines, I was, like, all in. Like, I, I just remember, like, one of the first scenes in Philippines, it's Denise talking to Zane and everyone's in their underwear. And then, you know, Denise says something and it says sex therapist. And my dad's like walking into the room as these two scenes take place. And it's just like, what are you watching? And then it more became an act of defiance, right? But <laughs> but it was a great show and it just took off from there. Yeah. And, and of the seasons that you've seen, you know, what, what would you say is your favorite? And was there a player from the past that you thought, hey, I would love to kind of emulate this player's game going in? Yeah, so, I mean, I think, like, my favorite season ever, like, I know it's a basic answer, but, like, Kagiyan. Because, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, like, you know, cream of the crop. Like, what do you – you can't really knock the season. You just – you can't. And it's, like, I know it's the answer that everyone says, but it's, like, it's good. I mean, I never thought I was going to be, like, Tony, but, like, as a past player I identified with, I always identified with, like, Chris Doherty. I felt like I kind of had that, like, scrap of kind of nature to me. So – that's who, like, in my mind, I'm like, if I am if I find myself on the bottom, which I did, hopefully I can be Chris Doherty. <laughs> Wasn't hoping to play have to play that way, but that's what it ended up happening. Well, you were a scrapper out there. Can you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your preparation? Like, my preparation going in is I got, like, a personal trainer. I'm like, hey, this is what I, like, need to focus on. Um, I, got, I got, like, pretty strong, at least for, like, myself before going out there. And then... As far as, like, old seasons and stuff, like, I I just watched New Era. I wasn't really trying to, like, watch the old stuff and get too mixed up with, um, I feel like, stuff that's not as relevant. And then, like, I worked on puzzles and stuff. I felt like I was, like, ready to go with puzzles. It's just when I got out there, like, it was like, okay, Jake, Bruce, Kendra, let's move these things. (laughs) So I was like, all right. What was early Bello like for you those first couple of days? How did you guys gel? Were you like, I'm on Survivor, I can't believe it? Or did you guys hit the beach running and like strategizing and, and linking up? Or was it like a, a full circle moment? Like, wow, I went from the attic to now I'm out here in Fiji. <laughs> yeah, so the first the first couple of days, like I think, Honestly, I think going to Sweat and Savvy kind of hurt me a little bit because, like, I was away for, I think, when 
those really like beginning relationships were made. And then like night one at Bellow, I like heard all the girls talking about talking about me, like while I was supposedly like asleep, you know, we're all lined up in a row. And I made a comment during the day, something along the lines of like, oh, I was happy that like I didn't have to wear a suit jacket as an attorney because like I wasn't hiding that. And they're like, yeah, can you can you believe he said that? It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And like, Katora said something too. Meanwhile, she's got the suit jacket. <laughs> she like never wore it. Like, if you see it jumping on the boat, like, it just got wet. She's like, ah, oh, it's just gross. I don't want to wear it. <laughs> Wicked smile on her pot. But um, yeah, so I was, I was like kind of on edge, right? Because it's like, damn it. Like, I like, I had a lot of experience working in restaurants. And then, like, my theater background, like, I'm used to typically working with more women than I do men just based on my background. So I'm like, oh, shoot. And so the, day two, I was just kind of like, all right, Bruce, here's what I heard. Here, I heard it's me, then Brando, then you. <laughs> That's their order of operations. And um, he's like, we're good, we're good, we're good. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I was like, okay, so what do we do moving forward? He's like, let me check something out. We'll see what's up with Kelly. And I'm like, okay. Like, and in my mind, like when the girls are talking, just like based off what I saw from day one, I was like, Kelly has the most winning potential out of the three mm. women there, just based off initial impressions on that first day. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, maybe we should try to like, you know, and he's like, don't worry about it. Like, let's check this out. And he's like, comes back to me, like maybe later that day, the next day is like, Jake, we're in alliance with Kelly now. I was like, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> nope. Not a problem. Let's just talk about it next time. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, shit, like we need like, Operation Get Out Kelly. So I'm like, let me talk to Brando. Like, Brandon, Brando, how do you feel about Kelly? He's like, I feel great about Kelly. So I'm like, all right, so this ain't going to happen. But that that was like kind of like, I was worried that I was going home, especially at that first boat. And actually the whole time while I was there, like, they showed it on the show, but like, I felt like I was with Bruce Kelly and Brando. And then in my mind, like, I thought it would have been Kendra early on because like Bruce thought she found an idol or something or found some kind of advantage. But later me and Kendra got close. But that was kind of my experience at early Bellow, you know, thinking people had idols when they obviously did not. No one did. That that Bellow idol still hidden out there somewhere. <laughs> so say you guys had lost – you guys were fortunate to, to be a very winning, strong tribe. But yeah. say you guys had lost a challenge like day four. And, we, you know, we spoke to Kelly and she told us that, like you mentioned, you were one of the primary targets to go, especially early on before Bruce was sort of rubbing people the wrong way. If you guys lose a challenge, what's sort of your plan of attack to keep your name out of the, the voting parchments? Yeah. So, like, my plan was, like, I just need to be chill and not ruffle feathers. And I think one of the things that hurt me on later down the line is that I kind of retracted like into myself a little bit. It kind of made me feel like, okay, like I don't want to make any mistakes. Let me step back, you know, and kind of like just chill, just do the things I need to do, do whatever like needs to be done around camp. Um, just be like amenable to everything. Right. When I think actually in the reality, if you're in that kind of situation on survivor, especially early, it's like, you kind of want to put yourself even a little more out there. Right. Like I think I did a really good job personally, like at the mergatory vote exclusively that like I felt like I was good on that beach that day, even though I was like up to be voted out, just really putting myself out there. This is who I am making really good, deep connections with people versus I definitely in those early days tried to be more reserved. And I think that would have worked against me come if we went to a first tribal council. But the second one, I think it would have just been let's rally like 
Bruce Kelly and Brando and see what we want to do. Because I don't feel like there was a hard, hard line thing of like, okay, the four of us agree that like obviously Kelly and Brando wouldn't have gone with us in mind, Bruce mind. Oh, let's talk. Who do we want now? Kendra Katora. But so within this first Bellow, you know, tribe, when you're looking at these other tribes, we know Lulu was like, you know, Lulu was Lulu. And you got Reba. When you're looking at these two tribes, are you just like, okay, thank God that Lulu exists because we're just going to keep picking them off? Or like, I want to know what you were thinking about these other two tribes. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, like, we're on the boat. Like, we haven't even we haven't even started that, like, challenge on the pods yet. And we're just like, oh, they're going down. No problem. <laughs> Lulu's going down. Like, in my mind, like, that's what I saw. I was like, I, I, like, I think Bello by far has the most physically strongest women out of the tribes. And I think that was, like, in my mind, evident in that point, like there was no way to like calculate for how good we would be at puzzles and stuff. I felt like I could do it. And then based on what like Brando was saying in the planning for uh, that opening challenge, he obviously felt really strong about doing puzzles down the line with Reba. It was like, you got Sifu and you got Austin and you got some geniuses over there. Reba looked tough from the outset in my mind. So like in our minds, we were like, we just want to come in first and like beat Reba. I mean, I was concerned about losing because I felt like I was on the chopping block, but it was like, okay, Lulu's doing really bad. And that makes me feel marginally better. We saw early on in the season, Jake, uh, you have some medical issues or like, you know, you were passing out and then waking up. Uh, did you ever get to the bottom of what that was? And how did that change how you attacked the game moving forward, knowing that you were having these episodes? So like, especially like early, it added to like my anxiety about like going home because like, Oh, so I'm going to be on the outs. And then also I'm going to be seen as like a liability like that, like kind of like just the compounding anxiety of that. But honestly, in my life, I've never passed out before Survivor. I have not passed out since the last time I passed out on Survivor. And like, it's just not, it was like a new experience for me because like, even as a kid, like kids just randomly pass out sometimes. Like I've never passed out. So it really freaked me out. But I think it was just like a combination of like the not eating me blowing on the fire and then like at the new at the new Lulu one, like I would we were getting up to do something and I just got up too fast. But like in terms of like the game, it's not like I was gonna hide it. Like everyone saw it, you know? Right. So it's just kind of like, shoot, what do you do about it? I try to downplay it. Oh yeah, yeah, I feel fine. And I like honestly did feel fine, but I was still like anxious about it. I don't think there's something you can like super do about it other than like just try and downplay it, especially in the pre-merge. How many uh scares did you have? out there and was there anything like notable that we didn't see yeah so you you saw the two main times i passed out there was one time where i was like off camera that i passed out like i just got up too fast again and i just went down real quick like no one else on the tribe saw it like it was just you know a camera guy and it was just like up down and like i just bounced back up was there ever a point where you had to be talked to by the doctor and they like seriously considered taking you out? See, I was concerned that they were seriously taking me out, but like talk to Joe didn't seem too, too concerned about it. He was just like, you know, keep drinking water, get up slowly. And I'm like, I'm not getting pulled. He's like, I mean, if it keeps happening, maybe, but like, you're fine, dude. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, thank God. Cause like, I was really stressed in like those moments before I saw the doctor, you know? Cause it was just like, I don't like, it's not the way I wanted to go. Like, I'd right. rather get voted out like, or you know, what ultimately ended up happening. But, like, it was just so, so nerve-wracking that I was going to get pulled. But they, they took care of me. They took a look at me, and they're just like, hey, just be careful. So anytime I would get up and, like, pretty relatively deep into the marriage, I'd just, like, get up, just count to five before I started walking somewhere. You know what I mean? And just had to take it a little slower when I got up. 
I wanted to circle back on our man Bruce a little bit. We know, obviously, he's he's a bit of a polarizing figure in the season. Uh, but I would say of all the people, you got along with him the best. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what about Bruce really caused you to click with him? Was it that, like, New England mentality or was it something deeper than that? Yeah, there's definitely, like, in a sense of that, like, you know, some people definitely found Bruce's humor, like, jarring to them. But, like, I don't care. I thought it, I thought it was funny. And, like, if it like was out of pocket or annoyed me, like, I'd just be like, Bruce, stop being old. Like, stop acting – like, stop acting seven – like, stop – like, we, I, we would, I would call him the old man all the time. Like, old man River or whatever. And, like, it just didn't – it just didn't bother me. Like, he reminded me of a lot of people in my life where it's like, all right, like – and you're in Survivor, it's just like, run your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, if you're bothering other people, it doesn't really... I didn't think it was going to bode poorly for me. I mean, I think in some ways it definitely did. But, like, Bruce is a great guy and, like, would get along in any capacity. And I think early on I felt, like, especially good about him because, like, he was the first person to be like, all right, well, let's let's do something about this, your name being out there, and let's make sure you're good. So it was kind of... um it was kind of like forced just based off the numbers, but like I, I think any way you slice it, like Bruce would have been someone that I was close with out there. We saw uh, Bruce say a lot of times that Kelly was his number one, but do you think uh, off camera and in real bellow life, you pro- like it sounds like you probably were really his number one, or do you feel like you and Kelly floated that position with him? No, I think he was pretty like set on Kelly. I think, I think in a way, Kelly may remind Bruce of his daughter just in some ways, just like his Bruce daughter's amazing athlete. Kelly is as well. And um they could connect on stuff like that. I don't come from like that kind of athletic background. So in my mind I did think like me and Bruce were like tighter, but in his mind he thought him and Kelly were tighter. Can you uh can you talk to us about the uh the Bruce Idol hunt? Oh, the Bruce Idol hunt. So, like, a couple times at New Lulu, like, Caleb and I went out, like, looking for idols and stuff. And then, like, it was, like, the day of, and he's like, should we just search with everyone so we find the thing? And it's like, yeah, yeah, like, let's all just go. And then, so, we we walk off, like, why Katora's at a confessional. And Bruce's like, all right, we're not telling Katora. It's like, all right, fine, like, whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I was upset. He found the idol literally right in front of me. And I wish I found it so bad because I, I probably would have only said something to Caleb unless someone saw me find it. But it was just like, oh, geez. It was just so close to me. It honestly kind of helped me find my idol later in the game. Obviously, it's not the same beach, but it was a similar kind of tree. And like, I know where he found his. So I'm like, let me look in this similar kind of. It was like those trees where it's got like the roots kind of above the ground and it's just hidden in there. So that actually ended up helping me later down the line. But yeah, and like, Bruce's like, we're not telling Katora. It's like, all right, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> and like, she comes back and it's like, let's figure it out. And so Bruce finds the idol, tells Kelly, says, Kelly, let's see how long Jake and Caleb keep looking for it. And that's when the ring thing comes out. So it was like, he already had the idol, so it didn't even need to happen, which is one of the most frustrating parts. If he had just told me, oh, that was a bummer. Wow. So this this part of the game that kind of like, that kind of showed Kator something about you, that almost didn't have to happen because yeah. he already had the idol. Yes. Oh. Bruce, I don't, Bruce wanted to do this game. I'm like, Kelly, look, it's you're my number one. We're good. Jake and Caleb are still going. Yeah. It was just like, we just all found the idol together. <laughs> Why not? Like, just, to, I mean, whatever, you know. Can you help settle a debate here, Jake? Yeah. Uh, on that first tribe swap, right? Now, I feel like in my mind, they said to the production, like, hey, 
we're going to mix up the tribes and put them on a tray. And I feel like they gave it to somebody like Jack. And then they're like, Jack, did you mix them up? And Jack was like, yeah, and brought them out. <laughs> Do you feel like they were mixed up? Because we see how it seemed like all Bella was on Lulu. Reba stayed Reba. Do you feel like they were mixed up? Because I really felt like they were just all in the order and everyone just picked it. Am I crazy? You know, I don't I don't really know. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, my only mind going into the swap, like, I we thought it was going to be a swap that day because we had seen the swap in 44. And, like, we're like, okay, I think they're going to go full send on a full swap, not just kind of, like, whatever. Let's take one person and pass them around. And I just, like, I want to do the Tyson thing. Just take the last one. So I actually made Kelly pick before me. But, um... Didn't matter because the same thing. But um, yeah, I don't know about mixing them up. I assume they did, but I don't. I don't know. Right. You know. Now, your preference, because you know, I've never been on a tribe swap. Uh, I haven't, you know, made it past a first elimination. Uh, but your preference, do you prefer the tray or do you like to dig in the bucket? That's actually a really good question. See, like I prefer the bucket. Here's why: is because if you get the tray, it's like. Oh, I mean, it didn't really matter for me because it was one left. But like with the tray, it's like, oh, if I picked slightly to the left, I would have been here. If it's the bag, if it's the bag, you don't know. Right. There's, there's no second guessing on that. There's going to be no pain involved in that. But I feel like with the tray, like I don't know, if I picked something and got swap screwed, and then the buff right next to me, I would have been safe with. I'm going to be upset about that. Right. Okay. So you like sticking your I, hand? I would like the bucket. Yeah. In in the mystery jar and figuring yes. what you you pull out. Yeah. That, that would be my preference. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Wendell, how do you feel about it? You've done it before. <laughs> I've, done, I've done it all. Yeah. I, I don't, man, just give me one of the, I don't, I don't care what, I don't care what it is. Well, did, uh, Jake, did you see Jack season? Cause it was something similar to that when they made the merge. Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't see it on Jack? Did you emerge on the circle? Bryce <laughs> uh, just likes to give me shit, but we've been swapping for a lot of time. So, <laughs> uh, um, my, my last Bruce-related question for you is, once you hit the merge and the whole game is, is exposed to Bruce in his, in his ways, some people are loving it, some people are not vibing with it. Did you feel like you had to take a step back from Bruce and like let him go do his thing, or were you kind of always riding with Bruce? I was, yeah, I was just so bullshit because like literally on New Lulu, the five of us said, all five of us, we were like, all right, we're going we're gonna to hang back. Caleb's going to be able to get a little more movement with him because he's like, you'd expect him to do that, right? Yeah. Like you just say, hey, Caleb was gone. Caleb was gone. Caleb was gone if we went to a tribal council and let Caleb do his thing. Let him be told stuff. Let him try to get pulled in by someone. And it was, and then we get there. And like I said to Bruce specifically, it's something I brought up as well. I said, Bruce, do in something that I played with and he toyed with, we never end up doing it, but I'm like, Bruce, should we get in a, a fake fight with one another? I'm happy we didn't do that. But it was like, Realistically, Bruce and I live an hour from each other. I'm up in Boston. He's in Warwick, Rhode Island. So it's like we do have that New England guy thing, and we're gonna like we're gonna be grouped together regardless. Like so, like let's do something about it. And like the plan was, we're not gonna talk. And like I even said to Bruce, I'm like you and me especially, we can't talk. And he's like, "Yep, nope, good, good, sounds good on the plan." And then we get there, and he's like, "They're running circles around us." And I'm like, "Well, no one's been voted out yet." You know, I mean, eventually they do run circles around us. But as of this point, no one has run circles around us yet. And then it was like, Caleb, 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 Caleb. And it's like, Caleb's with us. We're good. We know what he's doing. He's coming back and telling us things. We're thinking, okay, who's on the outs? And it's like, oh, you find out, okay, Sifu kind of looks on the outs. 
And then like later we find out the next day, Jay is definitely on the outs with Reba. And so it's like, okay, we found cracks. And then it's like at that merge feast, Bruce just like Caleb. And it's just like, oh man, like we had a plan. Like he's not, and like in my mind, like, yeah, Caleb is a big threat. And it, I'm like to Bruce, I'm like, Bruce, he's probably the one person here that stands out in front of you. Yeah. And so it's like, why? He's like, and just like he's low hanging fruit. It's like, great. Great, that's good. That's a good thing. That is a shield for you. And like, oh, dude, it was just so frustrating because it's like he comes back and we're all, it's me, Emily, Couture, and Kelly trying to have a conversation with him and be like, Bruce, like, we need to save Caleb. Like, Jay's on the Jay's on the table. Like, and I love Jay Maya. Like, if it didn't come down to Caleb and Jay, like, I would have tried to do something with Jay. Like, Jay and I just really clicked out there. But it was just unfortunate that those are the two names that came up. And so, like, the four of us to stand in front of Bruce being like, dude, we can't do this. And Bruce is just like, it's over. It's already done. And it's like, did anyone's torch get snuffed? Like, no one's torch has been snuffed. It's not over. This one, two, three, four, five right here, six Caleb, and we can have a conversation with Kendra. And it was just like, it, it was really like, he, he just wouldn't budge on it. And then, like, the rest of the day, it was just kind of like me and Katora up until the end really trying to save Caleb. So it was so trying to push it on Jack. Why was Bruce so dead set on I think Bruce was like really, really – I think Bruce got really paranoid when people weren't talking to him. Yeah. But, you know, at the time, you know, you think it's okay because you made a plan. Like, that was the plan that we couldn't communicate with each other. I mean, here and there, it's like, yeah, like, we're good. We're doing what we said we were going to do. All right, good, good, good. Like, you and me and Kelly, like, all right, good, good, good. Yeah, let's go. Cool. And then it was just like, I I think Bruce got a little spooked. And it was just like, it's a plan. We're going to be fine. We vote out Jay. And then it's like an additional number. Like, I think there was a lot of opportunity there, especially at that mergatory vote. But it didn't end up happening. When you have a lot of people running around talking and when your plan is to not talk to each other, but like, all right, we're good. We're cool. I think it is very easy to get paranoid in under yeah. those circumstances. I mean, it definitely is. And that's clearly what happens. I do think that maybe we could have had more one-on-one. It's just like that mergatory is just, you're so like, you don't want to seem tight. And then, you know, it ends up having the, like you said, has the opposite effect that, it, 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 I think it's also really difficult to calculate like what people in your group are going to do, especially if you haven't been to a tribal. And I think that puts us in a very not as an advantageous situation just because we never went to a tribal. So we don't know how you don't know how the laundry list of people you're working with is going to react in those kind of stressful situations. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you made the merge, were you making any connections with Reba? Do you have any relationships with them that us as viewers didn't see? Because it kind of seemed like you were bellow strong until it was just you and Katora. Uh, were you over there with Reba at all? Yeah. So, like, I felt, like, really good about Jay. And, I like, if Jay stayed to the next day, like, I really think, like, Jay and I get something moving. Also, like... Drew and I had a conversation that day, and I felt, like, really good about Drew. I think in the pre-merge, uh, Drew was definitely, like, someone who was, like, oh, I don't know about this guy. But then you started talking to him, and more and more, I'm, like, oh, dude, I really like Drew. I think Drew's really cool, you know? And Drew was someone that, like, I definitely had a one-on-one conversation. We were, like, okay, yeah, like, let's see how, like, this mergatory thing plays out. And then we can, like, you know, 
talk going down the line, like, you know, just make sure my name's safe, make sure your name's safe. And um, also at that mergatory vote, I really want to hype up Julie Alley because she had an amazing mergatory in my mind. So she gets back from the um, the feast. And, you know, me and Julie had talks, like, the day before that morning. And she's like, I had talked to DET, said, all right, let's make a Jay. And I was like, oh, all right. Okay, that's interesting. I like that better than Caleb. And um, I go to Julie. She's like, what's the names people are saying? I'm like, I think D had a name. If you want to go talk to D, like D threw out a name with me. She's like, I want to hear it from you. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, it was Jay. She's like, all right, well, you're going to write down Caleb tonight. And I was like, oh, I am. All right, <laughs> cool. Uh, like, all right, that being said, if everyone's writing Caleb's name down tonight, I still continue to fight for him throughout the day. But is there something that you and I, Julie, can do moving forward to make sure that we're good tomorrow? Because I want to, like, build this right here. And she's like, write a squiggly line under Caleb's name. So I was like, Okay, so obviously she's looking for the idol, but I had no idea at that time because the idol that Bruce found had nothing to do with the um, sacrifice of O. So I think that's really, really amazing, an amazing play on Julie's move that, number one, it showed I didn't have the idol. Number two, Cause you probably showed that I didn't know who did. Yeah. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Mergatory? Do you like it? Um... Personally, I, I think the more options make it more interesting. I, I like get having, I get how it might make it easier for viewers. Like, oh, you only have six people that can realistically be targets. Like, I get that, that it's more focused for the viewers. But I like the the cool thing about Survivor over Big Brother for me has always been it could be anybody other than the person who has immunity. So everyone's got to kind of cover their ass. And where. I don't know. I, I would prefer it just be not merge toy, just be like a normal kind of merge situation, but that's the way it's been going. Frustrating. Cause I'm like, did we make the merge? We all together. Yeah. Why we uh, gotta separate? What like what's happening here? Oh, uh, I feel bad for like the Dwights and the Seafoods, you know, just like, oh, you're actually in the merge now, but you're not on the jury. Like, I think that's an absolute nightmare. Would you rather be first boot or would you rather be that mergatory vote that doesn't really make the merge and not sitting on the jury? Look, I always say like more experience in the game is definitely like I, I it's is would definitely be better than being the first person like out in my mind. But like man, that that just sucks. Like from a play perspective, obviously you want to play more survivor, but then on like the the you know, the relationships after, like that's definitely like probably a tough position because you don't really get to chill ponderosa with people and then you know everyone after the merge kind of had their own experience I, I just think it's like damn that's kind of isolating especially where it's like people don't stay the whole time now you know what i mean just go on a pre-jury trip i mean i mean from what i hear pre-jury trips can be fun from what the people say you know, from what just, the people just, say from what the people say from what i heard heard right drop a drop a great pre-jury story <laughs> Uh, I can't. We used to just sneak away and go like to the internet cafes. Uh, so like we still wouldn't have our cell phones or anything, but we would like sneak away and uh go to the internet cafe. And uh, we lost Alexis at one point in time in Thailand. And like I literally thought that like we were gonna have to call her family and tell them that like we <laughs> lost her. And literally at three a.m. in the morning, she comes riding up on some random guy's motorcycle 
to the hotel. Like, hey, y'all. And we like, uh, Alexis, what WTF? So, I mean, that's the that's a crazy story. Can you imagine the Hangover 2 recast with, like, Bryce, Garrett, Jatia, and Uncle Alexis? Cliff. Yeah, right? yeah, Uncle, Uncle Cliff. Cliff. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else is there. David Sampson. David Sampson took a private jet and flew home. He said he, he ain't got time. Oh, did, he? <laughs> did he really? Yeah, he said he was oh, out. Wow. He said, give me my passport. <laughs> that he had the private jet come and take him away. I said, oh. Yeah. So you're saying Alexis and y'all were at the internet cafe at 1 a.m.? No, we were out partying, you know. Yeah. We were out with Garrett because, you know, Garrett was spending that money. And uh, then I did an Irish. And uh, then Garrett came back home eating pizza. And I'm like, where's Alexis? And he's like, Alexis? I'm like, yo, I, I left <laughs> you with Alexis. And so then we ran to Jatia's room. And Jatia's like, she's not here. And so we started freaking out. And we're like, do we have to call our handlers and tell them like what's going on and so we were like we'll wait a little bit then like an hour went by and then so we went to go tell the handlers like uh we snuck into the city and we lost alexis and <laughs> you're like sitting at the lobby of our hotel and then here comes like this random motorcycle comes up it's literally like two o'clock in the morning and we're like what is this and then alexis just gets <laughs> off and she's like thank you so that yeah that was some scary ish so uh the the trips can be fun. Wow. I do want to know though, uh, Jake, what after Bruce and Kelly, you lost them. What was your game plan? Right? Like, how did you feel like, okay, whew, I got a new lease on life and now I can kind of like do my Boston thing and work my way through? Or were you in scramble mode losing those two huge players? Yeah. So after Bruce, so after Kelly goes, it's like, all right, I got to, I kind of want to break it down a little bit before that. After Kelly goes, like, I think I'm going clearly and I'm like, all right, I'm kind of in scramble mode. Like, I'm definitely like, all right, what do I got to do? Like, maybe let me take a breather. Let me chill down. Like, obviously, like the day before I was like freaking out because like, I really thought I was gone. And I'm like, all right, like, let me relax. Like, let me have, like, you know, everything moving in my brain, but, like, let me give this chill to me. And I could do that. And I really feel like the day between the Kelly and the Kendra vote was only one day, but, like, we get split up into the groups, and I, like, get with uh, D and Drew, and I'm like, yeah, what do you guys want to do? They're like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, personally, I don't think that they want to work with me anymore, so, like, I'm down for whatever. Like, what do we want to do? And, and I was, like, told by the both of them, they're like, yo, Bruce and Kendra are saying your name. So it's like, all right, like, whatever. I'm down for Kendra. I think Kendra's the better move um, since uh, Bruce won immunity. And they're like, all right, word, let's make that happen. And I was kind of, like, told throughout the day that um, Bruce and Kendra kept saying my name for a while. And they were coming up being like, Jake, what do you want to do? And it's like, oh, this stinks. Like, I know you guys are saying my name. Like, I didn't say this to them, but I'm like, guys, I'm good. Like, tell me your name. I'll write it down. I don't care. And um, so I felt like I could kind of, like, relax at the Kendra vote a little bit like I did kind of like feel okay but then at the Bruce vote it was like all right Bruce doesn't have an idol then he lied to you he has an idol and if he plays that said idol you're gone and then it's like all right but chill don't worry and it's like what <laughs> there's a zero percent chance that this man is not playing this idol like that is so dumb and then it's like yeah just chill don't worry and so then I'm like to Julie I'm like Julie like let's toss two votes on Drew um, if Bruce leaves, we'll say it was him and me. 
you know, and it, and then I also said the same thing to Katora, and like that's where you kind of see like the me and Drew argument. Because like, whose name did you say? Who who'd you talk to? And I'm like, I don't know if Julia Katora told him. So I'm like, we're good, we're good. I'm not telling you, dog. I'm good. And you know, it, it stuck because like I did feel like really close with like Drew, and it's like, damn, you're not being completely honest with me. It's like let's not act like. You know, and I love Drew. No disrespect to Drew. Like, Drew is, like, one of the people I have the best times with out there. And, like, it's funny because, like, people be like, oh, do you and Drew, like, you guys, like, hate each other? I'm like, no, nah, dude, Drew's, Drew's the man. Like, I'd be like, Drew, let's talk about some philosophical bullshit. And we would for, like, a really long time, you know? But it's cool, you know? Like, what is a whole? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, I mean <laughs> you wouldn't have had that conversation. No, I mean. You you should have Drew on here. Drew Drew could talk for hours about what a hole is and what it is not, or like what. Think, but that was one. Let's have him and Bryce talk about that. I yeah. think our philosophy <laughs> might be a little different, Jake. <laughs> but I do That'd think you would up. agree a hole is a hole. But oh, you know, if there's one thing Bryce has studied more than Drew, it's probably that. <laughs> <laughs> But it does depend on the the deepness of it. But anyway, but one thing that I loved about you what <laughs> is going on? Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time back, gentlemen. You know, you, I didn't bring that up. You might be able to contribute to the conversation, Bryce. Oh, that was not a point I think anyone made out there. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, stop, Jake, because now you're about to have me go in. Sorry, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing, so <laughs> not go in. <laughs> no, okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I retreat. I'm pulling out. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, you finished? No. <laughs> Sweat or savvy. Uh I think so. Right off the back. From as a viewer, right? I didn't know whether or not I was gonna love you, Jake. I'm be honest, right? That's fair. But I will say, I'm being honest. Like I didn't know. I was like, I don't no, know what no, Jake. About episode four, I said, I'm rocking with Jake. Now, after you made the merge, I think the thing that connected me the most is because I always tell people, Philadelphia and Boston, we're like cousin cities, right? Yeah. We are very similar, but very different. And I think one of the things that I loved the most about you was something that you were just saying. When people would come to you, who you got? You always would hit them with the. Well, what you thinking? Like, you never gave up information like that. Like, you know what I mean? You will always have them say a name. Or you were very, like, Rox Roy with it. Like, I'm not, I, I don't really got nothing for you. And so that, for me, I was like, okay, I can respect Jake. I like the way that you are playing. Um, So that really wasn't a question. That was more of a statement. I do want to know, do you feel like, who did you think was running Reba? Yeah, so in my mind, like, per perception-wise, like, I thought that it was D and Drew. And I think to an extent they were, I think I would probably, like, based off what I was seeing, I think they were the shot callers in my mind. I think in terms of, like, threat level, in terms of, like, jury, I always did D, Drew, Julie, and then Austin in my mind, just based off my perception and the time of the game. But I think where that was incorrect is I think I should have switched Drew and Julie in terms of who was a bigger jury threat. So I think final six is like one of the areas that was probably a misplay and that I should have like for more than just, you know, trying to uh, 
do the rock threat thing again. But in terms of Julius should have been a bigger target than Drew at Final Six. We saw you uh, with this big move mentality. Like some of them didn't always work. But think us as viewers, what we loved about it was like, we don't want you to play safe, right? Like you're on Survivor. And in order to win, you have to play like you're going to win. And yeah. that might cause you to lose, but you have to play like you're going to win. And I loved your mentality of like how you would put together these big moves as like, listen, we're going to go to rocks or playing an idol. I know that you said Chris Darty, right? Yeah. Were there any other survivor players that like kind of help influence your big move style of gameplay that you enjoyed? So it was like, I, I know like I was kind of like, oh, he's trying to do big moves. Like he's got the big move itis. And it's definitely like a fair critique of that. But, like, in regards to, like, you know, big moves, like, I, I got to say, like, Tony, right? Like, big moves and the flashy stuff. But I think in terms of, like, I kind of want to – because what, what were the big moves? The the one with um, where Caleb went home, where um, – who ended up going home? Drew ended up going home. And then, like, the uh, final five vote where Julie ended up going home was, like, the three times where I tried to do something big. So it's not that, like, I came in the game and said I want to make needless big moves. It's, like, the first one happened because I'm, like, if Caleb stays in the game, that's going to be – Number one, great for me because Caleb was just the person like I felt the most invested with. Like I felt like I could trust him with anything. Like Caleb and I had conversations at New Lulu and it's like, oh, we're gonna ride this out. Like, you know, we're gonna be like Dom and Wen. Like we literally talked about that. And it was just like I would rather play the, this game with Caleb than not. Like I didn't care about like putting all my chips in for him because like he was just someone who I knew thought about the game in a similar strategic way as me. Not saying other people didn't think about it strategically but we i think we had the same kind of instincts as one another in that kind of strategy portion of the game and then so i was all right moving all my chips in on him and then with the when it got down to the final six with the uh or you want to talk about final eight with bruce it's like yeah i'm not gonna just sit here and sit on my hands and hope that he doesn't play an idol i'm not rocking with that and then with the final six it was like okay like my win equity is at a zero. Like, what's the, how do you bring up your win equity? Like, I think just going, if I go along and go with Drew and Austin and we just do what they, you know, the plan that they're allowing me to join, like, how am I going to get, like, any credit? It's just going to be like, oh, Jake, you found your in and just went along with it. Like, I don't think, I think I should have found a way to work with Drew and Austin while also be able to show that I was a part of it like in that like the strategic planning but it was like if your win equity is zero like i really feel like you need something to bring it up and like in regards to the game like i would rather have regrets over doing too much than being like oh i sh should have done i didn't do enough like i feel like a lot of people leave a lot out on the island and they come home and they feel that way it's i might have left too much on the island but i'm much more comfortable going to sleep that way than the other I felt like I needed to do them to win. Like, I was like, I don't care about, like, sitting in the final three. Like, that doesn't matter to me as much. Like, I I get that's eventually what happened, and I got zero votes, but it was just like, I don't need to just get there. Like, I don't want to just get there. Like, that, that's not interested in that. I think what made you a fan favorite, among, like, other things, like your personality and you in, in confessionals and everything – I think it was the fact that you just kept on trying things. No matter what happens to you or anyone on that island, you're going to keep on trying something. Whether it fails or succeeds, you're not going to quit out there. 
No. So uh, I got mad respect for that. Thank you. Thank you. And it's like, I knew like after Final Five didn't go my way, it was like, it's going to be a massively uphill battle. Like, I didn't think I had a shot after Final Five, but it was like, I would have done anything I could. Like, if I won, if I won immunity in Final Four, I was telling everyone, Katora, you suck. Me, like, I don't actually think this, but like, I would have just been bullshit about the uh, vote the night before and then went again, tried to go against D, right? Like, I would have tried to like do something like that again. It was like, I would try something at every single stage, especially if I'm not going to. I was just like, I'm playing, I'm playing for the million, you know? And I think like, right. if you have zero win equity, like you need to make it comparable to the people around you and just going along and doing whatever. It's not going to make you comparable. Agree. If we could talk about that final five tribal council and you play the idol for Katura, did you talk to Katura prior to playing the idol for her? Or was that something that you knew you had to use it? And so you're like, I'm just going to ensure that she's safe. Did she know that you were going to play it for her? No, I'm she had no it? idea. I didn't tell her. I was, I was going to tell her. Well, do you think in hindsight, uh, the way that things shook out, do you think you should have told her? Or do you feel like you couldn't trust her at that point not to go back? I mean, it, it was kind of like two things, right? Like, I, I didn't feel like I could trust her because, like, you know, the night before, it's like with the Drew vote, it was like, okay, it was Julia Katora spilt on the plan. Not that the final six plan would have worked by threatening rocks because Julia and D were close and I didn't know about it. But it was like, okay. Someone spilled. Like, I can't trust, like, my my read on either one of them. Julie didn't say it was Katora. Katora didn't say it was Julie. And it was just, like, I, I like, I didn't have win equity. So it's, like, I needed to make the biggest splash possible. And I thought Katora kind of had a big reaction. Like, I do think, like, if Final Five goes my way, that reaction helps me. It's to say, hey, this was my plan exclusively. Like, I told Austin. He told – I was very confident he was telling D. I didn't know if Julie was going to find out. She did. She still voted for Julie, still voted for me. But like, in my mind, it was like, these are the things that I did. The final five was me. But the final five just ended up being the biggest mess of anything ever. And I like got out. I'm like, no one should take credit for that. No one made the right call. That was terrible on all fronts. This is embarrassing <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. And, and oh. when it came to less about the idol, but more about getting Katora to vote D with you. I mean, we, I, we, I remember how frustrated I was in the sense of, you know, she asked you to, to swear on your, your grandma, this and that, and then you do, and then she doesn't follow through with the plan. Do you think there's anything else you could have done to get her on side, or is that more of a reflection of sort of the mistrust she had in you throughout the whole game where I, whatever you did, she wasn't going to vote your way that, that vote? No, I mean, I think, like, when after – because, like, I felt like Katora and I were good at, like – the Drew vote and like we were pretty like good with that and then even at the Emily vote like we voted together like voting Julie obviously Julie played the idol but I felt like we were sharing like information and stuff to one another and then we said before like literally the night before um the final five immunity challenge in tribal that okay like it's Julie tomorrow because there was always a fear of like, oh, Julie's going to be really good at fire. Like, there was a rumor that Julie was just insanely good at fire. I knew I could not beat D or Julie. I didn't have a, if any one of them sitting in the final three, I'm losing. So it really didn't matter who was the bigger threat there. It's like, they both need to go in the next two rounds. And so, in my mind, Julie should have went it earlier. Julie should have went at five, so she wouldn't be able to make fire. But then, like, you know, Katora's like, hey, I think it needs to be D. Here's why. And Katora made amazing arguments for it like she's absolutely the right call d was definitely supposed to go with five and george spent a lot of the day convincing me and i was just like literally in confessional being like she, 
she's right. Like, Couture is correct. And so, you know, like, it, we didn't have too much longer before trial. I'm like, Couture, I'm with you. Like, we're good. And you kind of see the exchange between me and her. So I think the only thing I would change is that, like, I don't know. I think brain fog of being out there so long, like, it, it, D was clearly the correct move. And I just should have got on board earlier in the day. I think if I get on board earlier in the day, it's not an issue. We see throughout the season, like, the player as viewers the player that D is, right? We see anybody that says her name, like, it's like the Godfather. Oh, you're going home. <laughs> did you guys, did did you see that in real time? Or was it kind of like a surprise to see you that like when somebody would come after her, she would go home and like how she was really running and had herself insulated? Yeah, so I didn't realize like how much insulated she was until like later on. But like, it knew Lulu when we're talking about, hey, we're not going to talk to one another. Like, we were like, okay, if we want to take a chip shot, who do we think would be a good person to, like, try and get out mergatory? We literally all said D because, like, I feel like that girl just exudes power and, like, you can you can see it from a beach away. You know what I mean? And then when, you know, probably, like, the mid-merge stage, like, I'm going to Drew and Austin because I think I'm getting in tight with them and Emily. And I'm like, okay, guys, like, what if we turn it on D? And they're like, you know what? I think D's stock is going down. And I think Katora's is rising. And I'm like, I, I disagree with that assessment. I don't think, like, they were trying to make me vote out Katora. I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't really, I'm not interested in doing that. Um, and, like, these stock was definitely not going down. Like, I'm, I'll fall for some stuff. I'm not falling for that. But just no one was open to, no one was open to going after her. Like, enough people weren't interested in going after her. Like, the Rebos were just, they were so in lockstep. Like, it was just so good what they were able to do and how organized and unified they were able to be for so long. Who do you think your game is most like in the survivor realm? I mean, you got to say, like, I got to be like an Owen, right? Like, I was literally thinking about Owen when we were out there. Like, we both broke the Final Four immunity challenge, right? Like, it didn't really matter for him because I think the challenge is over when he broke it. But, <laughs> but you know, the game is 26 days. Like, it's 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 different. I feel like there's a lot more people who just it, – it's. I think those first two votes at the merge are very crucial. I would say my game is very similar to Owens in some ways, and different in other ways, but in terms of, like, positioning, and but still having, like – I'm a huge fan of the game. Like, I have the knowledge of the game. Like, I have the history. I rattle off winners, whatever. But it was just in a position where it's just like, what do you do? Right. Your season was able to watch uh, season 43 before you left, right? We watched all of 43 and we watched up to the mergatory boot on 44. I'm curious to know here on Survivor News, like we thought the Gabler win would have drastic ramifications on the seasons after it. Do you feel like after seeing that and going out on the island, do you feel like your antennas were more keen to like low, like people minding their business, staying to the side, not making big flashy moves? Did you find that their threat level uh, in your opinion, was higher, or you was just out there like, listen, Survivor, as long as it's not my name, I'm good. I mean, I think, like, in terms of people, like, controlling, yeah, I, I didn't feel like my game really changed too much because of Gabler's win. I think, in fact, something that was really talked about at early Bellow was people saying, oh, Cassidy was robbed in some ways. And I mean, like, as soon as you meet Gabler in person, like, it makes immediate sense why he won as soon as you meet him. But that didn't really translate on television. So like the, the thing at original Bella was like, she was robbed and like, it was um, fire shouldn't matter. No one cares about fire. That's kind of dumb. So it's all, so it's like, even when it went to fire, it's like, Oh, everyone thinks fire is dumb. So like, 
whatever. Let me just do the best I can. Wendell, do you think fire is dumb? You know, I'm glad you asked me that. I don't I don't dislike fire too much. I actually like it. I was part of the second fire experiment, so I'll take it. Yeah, but I, I don't think the game changed too much because of the Gabler win. I think what was more, especially early Bella was concern, concerning to people, was the amount of women that just went out in the pre-merge of 44 in terms of like past seasons impacting us. It's wild to me that you were able to watch up until the mergatory of 44, you go play a full season of Survivor, and then you're back in time for the finale of 44. Wow. Like, live. It's, it's, wow. it's pretty it all showed up. And then, speaking of parties, I wanted to pivot. I mean, you're a fun guy to party with, Jake. I want to ask both about, you know, I, after that final three tribal, you get to Ponderosa, I assume for what is one final night. Tell me a little bit about that. And then I have a follow-up to that. But just give me give me the rundown of when you're out of the game, you go to Ponderosa. I assume you guys are really thrown down. It's your first time seeing a lot of people that you haven't seen since they got voted out. G- give me that experience. Yeah, Jack, I feel like you'd be wicked disappointed, man. Like, I, people were tired, man. That was late. <laughs> like, but, I mean, I stayed up, like, for a while. Like, everyone kind of went to bed. It's, like, not everyone. Like, a couple pe- people petered off. I think people, like, staying out late where, like, obviously me, D, and Austin – then um, Emily, Kelly, Caleb were out pretty late. Maybe Kendra, and it was just like good to like debrief. Like, but yeah, I just had a couple drinks, and you know, it was just like it, it's weird coming out. Like it's weird coming out. Like every like you're learning everything. Like at every point, what's being said back there. And it's just like information overload, and then also on top of it, like oh, I gotta go back home tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's just it's really a rush. It's really a rush. So it wasn't. We had, a, we had a bunch of laughs that night, but it, honestly, a lot of it's a haze for me. Like, I remember walking back to uh, – they had the play, the rooms that me, D, and Austin were staying to on the side. They were a little bit separated from the rest of the jury. And um, we're all standing there like, wow, that was crazy, right? And D and Austin are looking to have their moment or something, so they're waiting for me. And it took me, like, probably, like, 10 seconds to be like, oh, yeah, no, you guys do your thing. Good night. Yeah, yo, have a good one. Like, great, great playing with you guys. See you tomorrow. <laughs> I was, yeah, like, so out of it. Having to go home the next day right after that must have been, like, difficult. It, you, I wish you had had that time to, to decompress out Ponderosa with everybody. But it's nice that you guys linked up, you know, a week yeah. later, essentially. Uh, the other party I wanted to ask you about, you were a recipient of some SIA money this season. <laughs> and you were in L.A. this weekend at SIA's party with a couple of the other SIA award winners, including some 45 or some 44, 43. Tell me about, tell us, I guess, about what was the CS party like? Dude, it was great. Like, I'm not around, like, celebrities. Like, the only celebrities I've met, I mean, like, I like, I don't know. Like, what do you, I don't think you call us celebrities, right? And they're, like, Jeff Probst, you know? Like, I haven't met any of these people. And then, you know, you got John Stamos walking around, and it's like. Wow. Did I hear Shaka Khan was in the building? Yeah, Shaka Khan is, like, now CS godmother. Yeah, oh. so that was, like, a, yeah, so that was, like, cool. It was, it was like, really nice of her to just, like, let us in. It was, like. I like shaking people's hands and stuff. I got in trouble this in for this with my girlfriend, but shaking people's hands and stuff. I shake some woman's hand and then I go to Carson. I'm like, Carson, who did that? Who who was that? She looked kind of important. He's like, dude, that was Paris Hilton. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know what, Jake? I don't know. I don't keep up with that stuff. That's not hot. Well, no, I mean, I knew who John Stamos was. Was it was it like an annual party of hers, or what? What was the occasion? Was it just the? The Sea of Money party? Like, what was it? That it was Love Day. I guess she just has, like, a Love Day party, and it was all about all about the love. There was a lot of love going around. We were all wearing red other than Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan was wearing blue. 
So that was like the whole kind of vibe. There was a choir there. It was amazing. It was, ah, oh, it was so cool. Just a different experience. You know? That sounds uh, so dope. I was like seeing the photos. I was like, who, who this man in this button up shirt with these glasses? Who does he, th I was like, oh, that's Jake. I was like, okay. <laughs> the girlfriend must have hooked them up with those accessories. Uh, it was that good? That I did that. I dressed myself that day, Bryce. Uh, I feel so uh, good I, about that. All right, I'll take that. I said, <laughs> okay, Jake looking like he's trying to be on the 2025 Zaddy calendar. I don't know. Uh, but, Jake, we loved watching you play. I feel like you killed it. And having you here on the podcast has been amazing. Our final question before we let you go is ring-a-ding-ding. Ring! Hello. Hey, what's up, Jake? This CBS. Second chances too. You got time? Oh, I'm I'm leaving tomorrow. What, what, do, what do you want? Okay. Hey, Bryce, I, uh, I had one more question I wanted to hit him with. You know, throughout the internet over the course of the season, you became known as sort of like the survivor baby girl. Do you have any tips to future castaways if they want to become considered baby girl? What what qualities do you think you possess that really earned you that title? I have absolutely zero clue how I got the title of baby girl. I have absolutely zero clue how I'm retaining that title of baby girl. I am celebrating the title of baby girl, but I have no clue of anything surrounding it, but I'm here for it. Baby girl. <laughs> we love it. Uh, listen, again, the baby girls and the baby boys. Uh, Jake, thank you so much. It's been truly a pleasure. And again, I'm, I'm, I have a sneaking suspicion we will see you soon. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. Yeah, yeah. It's the Purple Pants.